When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to Flow Wrestling Radio Live, Episode 7, coming at you. And yes, the funk is back, and it's never going to leave you again. The people have spoken. I listened, and uh, I should have never gone away with my gut. Go with your gut. It's such a true thing. And uh, I think this, this is a great start to money. just hearing this song. It puts me in the mood. However, um... You know, coming off the Super Bowl, it was, an, it, was a, it was a fun game to watch, but in the back of my mind the entire time, um, I, I, I've been betrayed. And um, if you saw my preaching, you know that um, what was done to me, and you know I'm a man about it. Um, someone I, I thought was a friend and an ally chose to um, blaspheme and, and, and accuse me of some sort of bias and um, but I'm I'm a fair guy, and I believe the Constitution says every man shall have their day in court, and they have a right to a speedy trial. And I assure you, Willie Sailor, your trial will be brief. And uh, at the same time, I believe I have to give you your moment. So, Willie Sailor, you betrayed me, but I'm going to let you say your piece. Um, go ahead. Well. It's- Sounds like you are a law student. You seem to know the law very well. I'm I'm not sure what's funny. I'm not sure what's funny, but go ahead. What's funny is you are being so dramatic, Susie Q. Well, this is serious stuff. This is serious. This is college rankings, man. It's not high school. Well, I think think more than anything, um, you... You want my approval. Like Like a young... Like a young boy looks to his father with those glassy eyes and just, you know, he wants to play, he wants, you know, you're playing shortstop and he, and he's looking into the stands to see if his dad is proud of him. And I think that's basically what you're doing. Um, but then, you know, when I, when I throw a little dig in there, that's meant to be a joke. Um, you take it personal, you know, you sulk a little bit. Um, so let's be clear. Let's be clear. I handpicked you. I think you're the best ranker in the game by far. Uh, I scour the earth for an analytical, hardworking, unflappable guy to do college rankings every week, and I got him, and you do it, and you're the best. I I, I truly believe you're the best. Uh, I don't know if I should thank you for being the best or or myself for identifying. And my my, I mean, my spot-on instincts never cease to amaze me. that being said, I, you're being a whiner. You're being a dramatic whiner. I make one jab. It's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek in a video, and you take it to heart. And, and, and then, and then uh, see, now, it should be, I, I think that it was very obvious that I was being facetious. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, you know, I prop you up. I, I give you a pats on the back every once in a while. Um, so you should know that that you have my full confidence. Uh, but let's talk about now. You flipped the script in that in that preaching, totally over the line. Mm. Now, okay, maybe not so much offensive, but definite definite fallacy. Uh, you say I have nothing to offer you. In the whiteboard war? Correct. Uh, let me let's let's uh, open this up here. I know everything there is to know about college. As much as you and as much as everybody else on the planet. Um, and then okay, if you don't even believe that, but then you like the really offensive part is to say uh, that high school. Oh, 
<laughs> How can it take my lessons from a guy whose expertise is high school Correct. wrestling? Correct. Precisely. Uh, uh, do you know how more how more difficult high school is than college? Uh, you have 77 teams. High school was a lot easier than college. There was like no. labs in college. No. There was a lot of stuff that was hard about college uh, compared okay. to high school. You got jokes. You got jokes. I got reality. I could... I could do college uh, analysis like in my as a part time job, like on the side. Mm. Okay. But that's that's my that's my response to you. Okay. Let's let's be friends. We can be friends again. All right. I I'm gonna be the bigger man here. I accept your apology. I will allow you to remain on this show for the time Thank being. You. Um, Thank you. This is absolutely and unquestionably strike one and two against you <laughs> and um i i don't recommend crowding the plate because i'm gonna be bringing heat from here on out but i consider this matter completely behind us and uh won't be brought up again unless you do something that bothers me in which case i'll bring it up immediately is that fair i think i mean you know i'm gonna do something again i know i know willie i know right. you always heard me but that's enough of that Rant over on your end. You had your day in court. Punishment's been given, and uh, we'll move on. Um, That's funny. You know what? It's funny that you're judge, jury, and uh, like if I protest. Yes, I'm uh, Roger Goodell. I'm Roger Goodell. If I if I put in a plea, this 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 transitions into wrestling well, mm-hmm. um, because if I protest, then it goes back to you, and you review it again. It's just like college wrestling. Yeah. Where where, uh, wait, I'm going to question this call. Okay, I'll review it. The same guy that made the call is reviewing the call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to overrule myself. <laughs> or well, in, in the odd case where there is another uh, official to look at the review, yeah, those guys are staying in a hotel room together. They're eating dinner tonight together. Uh, they're not overruling each other. Yeah. Well, in the uh, and and we're kind of we're, we're transitioning here. The Iowa Minnesota duel was one. Uh, pretty much everyone. The the topic of con- of conversation was was loosely about wrestling, but more about the officiating. And and he was calling reviews on himself, and he overturned um, at least a few. But man, it was like uh, you know, if you play cards, uh, the someone's on tilt. Like when one thing goes wrong it's just kind of like yeah they, they just kind of lose their confidence a little bit right um i felt like that's a little bit of what the official was going through um but you know at the, well, it happened in, it happened in north dakota state i really got into the north dakota state wyoming match yeah. um that was a really fun duel right. but there was an there was an instance there where um there was a takedown coach branch went to the head table the official um reviewed it he took it off the board roger kish uh also went to the head table then and he reviewed it twice the same the the, the official that made the call reviewed it and then reviewed it again <laughs> yikes yeah so there's something wrong in the process that, no that's not good you can't have i mean you make the call whatever it is review it keep things we talked about uh, this last week you know keep it Figure it out quick. Don't don't belabor the point. Figure it out. That's what you're there to do. And that was a weird duel, a weird match. I mean, I assume you're talking about the Rodriguez Cox match. That's the one right. I watched. Yeah, that was that was a crazy one. And um, but yeah, I mean, at the back to Iowa, Minnesota, the the Storley Evans takedown in overtime is the one that that people keep pointing back to. And um, it, what I keep saying is. Don't get on the ref. These are the rules that are put before him, and I think he got it right. And is it in the spirit of the sport? I don't think so. I think you should have to hold a guy for a moment, and there wasn't a moment where Storley was was planted. But um, that seemed consistent with what they've called. What you? What was your take on that rule? There was, well, there's no. I don't think there's anybody that's more, especially in media. Uh, that's more critical of official officials than I am. Yeah. Um, whether it, it, I, since I was a kid, I don't know. And I I hated, not hated. I always like 
came down on refs in every sport, football, basketball, whatever. Um, and I, I don't think there's anybody that's more critical of officiating than I am. However, the way that they're calling it this year, and I said it on Twitter, as soon as it happened, I knew it was going to start a firestorm. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with it. I don't, I, I don't agree with the way the rule is, but there is no way that you watch college wrestling this year and didn't know what that was going to be called, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was watching it with um, no, no volume, no sound on, didn't know when the whistle blew, didn't know nothing, and all I see is it going through, right? So I see the whole sequence with no volume, and I'm like, that's not going to stand. They're going to call Evan. Evan they're going to give Evans a takedown on that. I guarantee it. And that's what happened because uh, – that's just the way. That's the way they're calling it. That's the way the rules implemented. And you know, I was talking to a college, a D- Division One college coach yesterday, and he said that the, this no reaction time thing. We were talking about this call specifically, and he said that the no reaction time thing. Um, you know, d- in Division One in college, they call two quicker than high school, regardless. Which, it, and he said it's fine. But the no reaction time thing, you you have to establish control. Yeah. Um, and and on the Evans thing, while there was a split second where Evans seemed to have him, and if you apply a no reaction time rule thing, you could see a two. Um, was there firmly control established? No. Right. That's what I'm saying. So. Um, in this case, I don't think you can blame the re- uh, the application of the rule, blame the rule itself. Yep, that's uh, that's exactly my point. And th- there were some other inconsistencies. I thought he was super inconsistent with stalling. Um, and I got to call a duel yesterday, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and I thought that ref um, did an awesome job. I thought he was extremely consistent across the board in how he was calling stalling in all three positions. So um, it. it Good officiating's out there, but sometimes um, things get out of hand, and that was a, a wild scene at Minnesota. They had over thirteen thousand people there. They were in uh they call that the barn, right, Willie? Where, yeah. Where they, yeah, that that place was um, all they had left for tickets. I believe they said were um, obstructed view, which is, you, you love to see that. Uh, pretty much close to sold out, enormous venue like that. So, um, any other takeaways yeah, from that duel? What were the other? There was a couple calls, uh, other calls there that kind of got out of hand. And, and in the beginning, anyway, it seemed like a lot of things were going against Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, there I, was a couple in the Brooks far match that were iffy. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Those were those were weird. But then Brooks kept scoring and scoring and scoring. That was a fun match. That was one of those matches that it ended like 13-7. to 7. And I was like, man, this is actually like a one-point match in rea- in ability levels. In my opinion, I thought yeah. uh, I thought Far looked good. I thought Brooks looked great. His his ability to kind of redirect, reattack, whatever you call it, off a guy's shot is um, kind of vintage Iowa, what, where they're good punishing uh, leg attacks. Um, I, I thought he looked great. I thought Far looked good, and uh, that was probably the match of the night. Despite it, you know, maybe a six or seven point win for Brooks, I felt I like I knew, I, I knew it was going to be. I mean, that was the, that was the match I was looking forward to from pure entertainment value. Those guys go at it. Yeah, they both. I mean, there were probably after, and I know Logan Storley and Mike Evans are hard to score on, but you're hard to score on. You make the guy hard to score on when you have no give yourself no opportunities to score. And there were yeah. probably six straight minutes because neither guy rode the other, where they were on their feet. And was there a legitimate attack? I mean, no. a legit. I mean, no. It's like. Well, I'm, that's that's another that's another thing too that plays into I don't know. Maybe the call with Evans is like, are you going to reward the offensive guy because he's the first time first guy that really took a risk. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I guess you're seeing why you know maybe they're apprehensive when. You know, he gets put right on his back, but you got to figure he's maybe getting his hips back and posting the mat or something so he doesn't go flying like that. But um, I don't know. You like to see not not just hand fighting, and that's kind of what some of these matches become when it's two good guys. And you know, eighty four. I, I that that was a fun match. I mean, who's gonna? I mean, the only reason we're talking about well, Evan okay. Storley is because they're good, right? Yeah. Right. Well, and because of the call. Yeah. But. 
Well, okay, a couple other things. Uh, I mean, what do you think of guys like Sorensen and Moore? And, and, well, I mean, Sorensen did – I knew that was going to be a close match with Short. Short is super hard to score on. Um, and uh, I like, you know, Sorensen winning in different ways. You'd probably like to see him uh, open it up a little more there, get get to his offense a bit. But, I mean, that, that's, that's, I'm not that's how lie. it goes. What? I'm not going to lie. Me and you had an argument <clears throat> last week, and I, I said, Juan Zach's more. And then and Kingsley leads for uh, half the match. And I'm like, if Kingsley pulls this off, I'm not going to let anybody live this down and they got stuck. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, nor, one out of position shot, and uh, Moore really made him pay. Kingsley was looking good there for a while, but um, – that that was a nice win for for Nick Moore's confidence, I'm sure. And that was that when he got that pin, it was kind of like duel over. Right. I I kind of felt that way because um, you know, you're expecting three there for Iowa, and you get six in a duel with that many toss ups. It it was you figure it was game over. And um, the Dardanes Clark match, I thought was um, that was a good watch and. It's kind of cemented in my mind how good Chris Dardanes is and the problems Corey Clark is going to have. Um, he wasn't able to get to his two-on-one, and the low single was completely ineffective. And I think Dardanes is going to continue to be a uh, a really tough matchup for him. And I don't see, um, you know, how how Clark turns it around. What he's going to have to he's got to make some pretty big changes to to reverse that match. What was your take? Well, uh, I I mean my takeaway is this. And when I'm looking at the 133 landscape, you got Chris Dardanes, which, like, I don't feel like he really, um, at least lately, has had any kind of hiccup. Mm. And so when you're looking at uh, title contenders, I feel like he is, I mean, you know, there's other guys that are title contenders, obviously, but he's the one that's, like, 1A right now. And the rest of the guys, 133 is a mess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's the biggest disaster, uh, a mess of a weight, isn't it? I mean, Sabatello beats the Julius, but loses to someone. No, Sabatello beats um, Richards. He lost. Sabatello to, beats Richards. De Julius loses to, loses to Del Vecchio. Julius loses to Del Vecchio. Yeah, no, that's. A, I mean, I mean, I you feel good. I mean, Richards was the two, so he's not anymore. Shop um, has been gone since Midlands. Um, Clark lost to Zane last week and just lost to Dardanes, which is nothing wrong with that. DeJulius, our number five, loses. Brewer, predictably, kind of loses to Hall because Brewer hasn't wrestled anyone all year. Like, anybody. I don't know if he has a ranked win all year. So Hall beats him. Yeah, it's a mess. Um, but furthermore, it, it feels like, for me, though Dardanes is a favorite, it's almost like, remember Scott Schiller? Went last yeah. year, huge favorite. It's like if you had to put money on anyone, he looked like the guy. And I, I can I picked Schiller, but I mean the thing the thing with Dardanes is, and you can say he's back at thirty three this year, but the thing about Dardanes is that no matter how good he looks, you have to wonder if he stubs his toe at NCAs because of last year. Yeah, I I don't I I honestly don't I think. Um... I'm not because of last year. I think he could stub his toe. I think he could lose. I think I as good as he's looked, I feel like I'm trying to explain it. He's wrestled to the best of his ability pretty much every match. He just hasn't had that down match that are pretty much unavoidable throughout the five, six-month season, right? Like, he's going to have a well, down match, and he's probably going to lose. Um, well, yeah, I, but then, the, then there's guys that are so good that they win even in their down matches. I mean, for yeah. honestly, I feel like he did have a down match against Richards, and he still won. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I don't think he'd probably go – well, he might go into NCAAs undefeated. If they he's go, that good. Maybe – I mean, he looks – See, amazing. I don't. I don't think he is that far separated from the field, I guess is my point. And Historically, I would say no, but the way he's wrestling right now, he, lo he looks unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he got out on bottom right away from Clark. Which I mentioned, I was like, don't even mess with going under. And he's like, no, I'm cool. And he got away pretty much immediately. Um, so he looked really good. Danny Sabatello continues to impress. Um, his win, did you get to watch his win over? Um, I did not. 
So, uh, interesting, uh, the way the match played out. Um, Richards nearly puts him on his back, but they go out of bounds. Then Richards has gets a takedown, but then it's waved off because he didn't quite have the ankle. So it was really trending Richards' way. Then um, he uh, Sabatello shoots this kind of real extended double, and just he's really long, horses it up, gets the finish. And then um, Richards gets away. And then Sabatello really rides him, which is something almost no one's done this entire year, including AJ Shop, uh, which is ride Zane Richards. So he gets a pretty tough ride on him and just hangs on for the win. So that's back-to-back weeks. He beat Gillibon last week, and uh, now he beat Richards. And you got to start thinking Danny Sabatello, potential All-American um, this year for Purdue, one of one oh, of yeah, the few guys. For sure, for sure. Now let's talk about um, we talk about the mess at 133. Let's talk about. Richard's teammate Delgado oh. making his debut, and he makes his debut, and it's very underwhelming. He had a 3-2 win over Polacek from uh, Maryland, and then a takedown at the buzzer. At the buzzer. Right? Yeah. Um, so, and it wasn't even off. So, I watched the Maryland match against Polacek, and um, it, it's it's just apparent that that shoulder... I mean, he's got that huge thing on his on his left shoulder, which is his single leg side, and we've all seen him get to that single, dart in, be extended, horse it up, come out the back door. We've seen it done a thousand times, and he couldn't he couldn't do it. Um, he wasn't able to get to it. Um, he was trying to finish on the other side. He just really he really struggled. Didn't I don't think he got a takedown against Polacek. He got like a got a riding time point and an escape and something else. I think. Um, and he didn't then, have a takedown? Maybe he did. Maybe he did. I could be wrong there. All right, so let me ask you this, though. You know, other uh, – I don't look at other rankings anymore, to be honest with you, unless they're referenced or yeah. um, unless there's uh, – I just went – I'm just curious about something, right? So, yeah. I mean, uh, all kidding aside, I think your rankings are the best, and I trust in your rankings, and um, I go to them. But uh, other rankings, I know from the past, they've had this policy of taking guys out a little yeah. for injury. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's um, a little disingenuous. You're actually like you're acting like the guy doesn't exist. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. But anyway, so you kept you kept Delgado in. You kept him at one. Yeah. And and Delgado has been amazing and he's been to the finals and, and um his number one is certainly deserved. Yeah. Uh, but now he comes back. Do you reevaluate and say this isn't the same Jesse Delgado? What I mean? Yeah. What, uh, so what do you do with what do you do with Delgado? Right I don't know. Hey, is I appreciate the confidence, but you know I mess up, I make mistakes, and I still don't know what the right call with Jesse Delgado is or was. Um, how can I say I'm I'm making it about this year when he's beaten four unranked guys and Alan Waters has beaten Nashon and uh, Joey Dance and Dylan Peters and Tomasello? Um, you know I could I could have this wrong. I'm certainly wrong if I'm saying it, it's it's about this year. But at the same time, I struggle. What has Jesse done wrong? You know he's won all his matches. Now he missed a bunch of time. He hasn't beaten the the best guy. So I don't know. Where does he go? Does he go to number two? Because if he goes down to number two, what has he done to really hold that? You know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. if I'm ranking him based on this year, he's unranked. He hasn't he hasn't beaten anyone that's that's ranked all year. So it's like, well, you can go one way, you can go the other. I don't know where it stops, right? Because he hasn't done more than Nashawn Garrett this year. He hasn't done more than Joey Dance. He hasn't done more than, than all these guys. So... What's their schedule? Yeah, I mean, it's a conundrum. He's going to go there. They'll have national duels um, where there's going to be. Yeah, a... well, listen. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were talking about this. Good luck, right? I mean, 125 at national duels is going to be amazing. Yeah, Gilman, him, Nashon, Waters. Waters um, no dance. But, yeah. Well, there you go. That, that'll do it. And I don't want to – I don't think you should ever say – I will never in my ranking say, "Well, let's just wait till this. Let's just wait till national duels," because that's not that's not how you do it. But at at the same time, I think we'll have our our answer. If you go, well, that's where that's where the answer is going to come from, right? Yeah. I mean, um, but I'll tell you, I'll, I will say this. Yeah. I'll say this. Um, 
it, it impacts his pound for pound. Um, just mm-hmm. wa- just watching him it, it, against Welch, uh, one of about nine Welches on the Purdue team. He uh, it was one one with about ten seconds left. Uh, Welch shoots, and uh, he passes. Th- did like he can still pass the leg? It was like signature. I mean, immediate passes the leg, comes up and and gets the finish with maybe three seconds left um, to win three one in a match that was going to sudden victory. So I just don't think. I mean, it's sad. We've seen this with 25-pounders. I sent a tweet about this. Um, think about all these guys, NCAA champs at 125, derailed by injury. McDonough, shoulder. He had a labrum issue. Escobedo, shoulder. Nickerson, shoulder. Um, now, it, it. I have a hard time seeing how Delgado wins. The shoulder's not going to get better this year no. um, between now and then. So it's just like I, I don't see how he beats a, good, uh, a nation or a – um, Gilman, and, you know, uh, you know, you you wish you wish Jesse Delgado was healthy, right? Yeah. Um, it's sad. But at the same time, um, you know, a lot of coaches have taken a lot of criticism for holding their guys out, and I think I think Illinois has taken. Oh, they're just sitting Delgado. They, you know, they're making this all about the postseason and not giving the fans and give not me, putting them give out me a there. Break. But I mean, that's what that's what fans say. I can't stand that. The guy's a two-time champ. He when has he ever done that? So all of a sudden, after he's a two-time champ, he's all of a sudden needs to sit out. He all of a sudden I'm, missed. Hey, he's been uh, in the rigor. I'm just, for, I'm just saying what the fans are saying. And now he comes back and he's injured and like it's visibly um, limiting to him. And now you know you can almost say to the fans, "Shut up." Yeah. Because sh- look, he's legitimate. He was legitimately hurt. Of course. I mean, it's like. <laughs> Why would he all of a sudden start faking injuries? Like, really? Jesse Delgado needs to fake injuries? He's well, that, and, and this goes into this goes into another point that we had for the show, and that is Logan Steeper beats Nick Lawrence 4-0. And, um, then doesn't wrestle against Rutgers, right? Right, right. And, and then people light up Tom Ryan for saying Logan's a little under the weather. And, and and there was a message board thread that said, why make excuses? You go Stupid. out there, you wrestle, and, and there's no reason to say you were sick or hurt or injured. Just suck it up, and, and results are what they are, and carry on like a man. And that's like, come on, man. I mean, I mean I, sometimes it, it's the reality. It, I mean, how is all these fans, how can you say that? Like, I mean, most of our fans wrestled. Like, have you ever tried to wrestle when you're sick? These guys all get the flu once in the year. I mean, it happens. Jay Rob, Jay Robinson, legendary coach, one of the toughest people, like, walking the earth today, said Dylan Ness had the flu. He was sick all week. And it's like, watch the match. He has dominated Mike Kelly in the past. Tom Brands even says Dylan Ness didn't look like he had a lot of energy today. I mean, everyone knows it. Why do we have to pretend like injuries and illness don't impact matches. We're not making ex- an excuse. We're not saying if Mike Kelly had won, we wouldn't take anything away from him. It, no, Mike it, Kelly would have won that match. He won right? the match, and and it, Dylan gets the loss. But if why did he lose? Okay, well, Dylan Ness had the flu, and he was sucking it up. And instead of respecting the guys for putting it out there, yeah, putting it on the right. line, we rip them for for – for and we don't rip them. We rip up anyone that makes an excuse for them, and then it kind of gets projected on them. And well, then we you, and then we wonder why they sit. Well, they get ripped when yeah. they wrestle and lose. Right. And they get ripped when they wrestle and they lose, and then they get ripped if they win. They suck it up, win, and then say that they were sick or hurt. I mean, I say, there there was goofball people. There was goofball people after Jordan Burroughs won. Uh, the world's with a broken foot and screws in his foot um, that said, well, a real man wouldn't have mentioned it. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. The, really? You're going to – who is going to talk to Jordan Burroughs about what being a real man is? I mean the – There were people the, that said that. There, there's, they, I mean, how stupid can you be? Dumb. That's Those are dumb words. I, I don't get it. And, I mean, Logan Steber has bonused everyone he wrestled all year. And not to disparage Nick Lawrence, he's unranked. He'd been ranked before. Um, just lost by the same margin to Steven Rodriguez. What, what, 
I mean, are we just going to assume that Steven Rodriguez or uh, that um, that Lawrence is right there with Logan? Or can we factor in other things? He beat him 4-0. He majored Devin Carter this year, okay? Yeah. He majored Anthony Ashnault, but now he can't beat um, Lawrence by more than four. Is that really what you think? Or can we maybe entertain the possibility that he's sick, and when you're going through seven minutes of muscular and cardiovascular hell, which is a wrestling match, it maybe would impact your endurance and strength. Maybe. I mean, yeah. can we I mean, not? Can we not talk about that? Can we? Do we have to be such man's man? And that's the whole thing. It's like this this false narrative that you're tough yeah. and no excuses. It's such it's such BS. It's so like uh, I don't know. It's Neanderthal. Yeah, ne- Neanderthal. Exactly. That's what they are when 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 they talk like that. Well, you know, a lot of times I rag on the I rag on wrestling fans a lot. <laughs> Just they deserve the, the, it. They deserve uh, it in many instances. But, you know, uh, I also read a lot of other sports articles. Uh, and, you know, nowadays they have comments at the bottom of the page. And some of the, you know, when you read football and baseball articles and just some of the stupid garbage that comes out, like, like just asinine stuff that comes out of general sports fans' mouth, it, it like, helps me. It reminds me, like, there's a population in every sport that just they don't know. They, they don't talk. get it. They just don't, they don't get it. So uh, guys being sick and injured uh, is a reality, and let it go. Yep, I, I agree 100%. Yet, um, one, one other thing. We uh, glorified Jordan's flu game where he, it's made this huge deal that he has the flu, and that gets out there. So he is coming to people telling them he, he has the flu and this and that, but it's this iconic moment. And, um, oh yeah. In but in wrestling, no, no, you can't do that. So it's like, sometimes wrestling fan wrestling fans are backwards, and um, I guess that's nothing new. But so that was the my my takeaways. Um, to kind of get back to Delgado, I I just don't see how he wins a title this year, looking like that, and I don't see him holding on to that number one ranking much longer. And I don't know if I've done this right with the ranking, but uh, I don't know what the right solution was there. So, um, this weekend, Saturday night, I guess it was, um, Blair Academy, Wyoming Seminary, um, had their duel, and, uh, we were able to watch it, and, uh, Sim, Sim did it, they got it done, they won, uh, convincingly on the scoreboard, of course, Blair forfeited the last two matches, but, um, Willie, can you give us a spoiler, is, is, can we end the debate, is OPRF the undisputed number one now? Well, you know... Last night, I, going into the duel, I thought, uh, well, I, I, I thought this for a month, and I thought this before even um, I made OPRF one, and then uh, I said, you know what, I'm gonna have a backbone, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna not go with the way high school team rankings have gone forever, and um, I'm gonna do it on results. You know, because high school team rankings are always a tricky thing because not every team is in the same pool. That you know, the teams don't hit, and if they do hit, they're in this format and then not that format, and and so. But <clears throat> I'm using if the teams were in the same building, that result takes precedent as opposed to me um, examining lineups and reevaluating. So even before. I made Blair number one. Um, I thought Blair would get beat by Wyoming Seminary, and if you read my preview and my picks uh, before the duel, I had Wyoming Seminary winning, and I think I got one match wrong. Um, tighten, so it kind of tighten up, kinda, really. I, it kind of went exactly the way I thought, or or very close to the way I thought. Um, and and I said to myself. Uh, if Seminary wins and beats Blair, which I think they will, OPRF will be number one. So, that happens. And I look at, during the Super Bowl, actually, I come up, I write down, uh, type up Wyoming Seminary's lineup and I t- against, against OPRF's lineup. And in my brain, I'm thinking, OPRF will win this, no problem. And then I look at it holistically, and I'm like, oh my God, this is a really close duel meet. I mean, super close. Yeah. So I put it out there. I put it, 
on on Twitter and, and Facebook, and it started this big long thing um, with like a hundred responses, most of them from uh, Wyoming Seminary fans. Um, and the duel would be really close, and I wouldn't be surprised if if OPRF won, and I wouldn't be surprised if if Seminary won. Uh, however, back to back to real results and me not a ranker's job is not to play god a, a ranker's job is to take all the data that's available and put it to use and the data that we have is that OPRF beat seminary at ironman by about 33% 174 173 to 134, so almost 40 points. And um, when they were in the same building, OPRF won, right? Okay. So to me, OPRF won. So they're number one. Um, and the duel went the way you thought it would, and um, you don't have to have co-co-co national champions, OPRF the number one. Is there a chance we could see these teams hit in, in some sort of duel format later on this year? No, no, which is – part that stinks um i would like to do it at flow nationals i'd like to get oprf and wyoming seminaries yeah. they don't have to wrestle at flow nationals i mean i mean the individuals don't have to enter the flow national tournament i wouldn't do that but they just wrestle a duel at flow nationals but it's it's tough it's almost but that's april I would, I would, the kids yeah. are spring i would sports. love love to make it happen just for the sport just for the the kids to have the opportunity to wrestle. Yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be really cool. But there's so many factors. Can kids hold weight that long? Right. Is the break is the break between their t their championship tournament, and it's not in their training cycle. Yeah. Um, another consideration is uh, Fila cadets are, are right in that wheelhouse. Do they is their training cycle messed up because of freestyle and folk and and you know I yeah. want kids I want kids competing at Fila cadets. You know. Yep. Okay. Well, it, it's, it's, I'm glad you have some uh, a solution there. I'm glad you have your answer. I know you were laboring over this decision for for a while, and uh, you, you can have a little bit of peace in that decision. Um, I couldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep. Poor Willie. Well, you stay up late, anyways, Willie. You you got you got you got some bad habits. I was I was gonna say I had to stay up late last night to watch a Super Bowl, but for you, you're probably just well, you're just getting up then, right? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think uh, about the game? What'd you think? That was a that was a great Super Bowl, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. It did play out the way I thought it would at all. Do you remember? Hey, you're a Redskins fan. Do you remember uh, Timmy Smith? No. You don't remember Timmy Smith? This may be your generation, Willie. I am older. I am old, but not that much older. Listen, Timmy Smith was like Redskins' eighth string running back. And all he did was come into the Super Bowl. Nobody even knew who he was. And he set a Super Bowl record for rushing yards. He ran all over the Broncos. Yeah. I and, don't, uh, what, what year was that? Like 89? 87. Okay, I was two. So. You were two? I was born in 85, bro. Oh, Lord, I'm old. <laughs> all right, so the reason I bring him up is because this Matthews kid, nobody knew who he was. And he was a huge story in that game. Yeah. Huge. I mean, you know, what What won the Patriots the Super Bowl, in my opinion, was their was their uh, secondary play. But two, all two things. Their secondary play was great, mm -hmm. and everybody on the planet knew. See, Belichick's a master of matchups, right? Genius. And such a genius. He tailors everything matchup specific. It's amazing. Um but everybody on the planet knew that Seattle's Seattle's wide receivers are not good at all. Average. They stink. And so what what Belichick did was just play man. He said we're going we're going to play man with our with our corners and that was a brilliant thing. And it was crazy how much time Wilson had on some of the, like 7 8 seconds like the 3 or 4 man rush was not getting there and guys still weren't getting open. It was I mean, yeah. normally for three, four seconds, someone's open. Someone and Wilson has this knack when the play's extended. You're just like, oh, okay, they're screwed. He's gonna 
make something happen. Was there – there was this air of inevitability when Wilson got the ball back with two minutes. I, I would have bet my very life that they were going to come down and score a touchdown, and everything was going according to plan. I thought so. I thought so, too. And like, uh, the, the Seahawks have this, like, Yankee magic, right? Like, you just, they just make stuff happen to win when it comes out of nowhere. And so, yeah, uh, I feel the same way. You just – thought that Russell Wilson was going to make it happen. And that stupid catch was just like, okay, it's David Tyree 2.0 here. Um, when when that bobble, 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 and he's laying on his back and yeah. it falls right in his hands. And, okay, so I need to hear that you are not going to Monday morning quarterback on that pass call on second down. What do you – uh, You know, my initial reaction, my initial reaction was um, what a stupid call. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And then, I, I don't know. It's just common sense to me. You have Marshawn Lynch. He's the biggest beast ever. And why do you run a slant? If you're going to run a slant, run it to the outside. Like, you don't run you don't run a slant in the middle of the field on the one-yard line where everything is already compressed and congested and a tip ball can end up in disaster. Um, I, I just thought it was a horrible call. However, that being said, after I thought about it a little longer, listen, I mean, you call a play, you run a play, you don't expect disaster. Yeah. I mean, you run a play to be successful, and I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm a little over it because, I mean, stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, you know, you think, okay, run the ball, but at the same time, it's like, why, um, you know, these guys, all their preparation, they know – the looks they're looking for, and when they get a certain look from the defense, what to do. It was just a poorly placed ball. I mean, the guy was kind of open. You know? I don't think it was a poorly placed ball. I think, I think the receiver didn't run to. The, yeah, he didn't, he didn't really ex- commit to it. He didn't extend his arms. Yeah, but I feel like th- this that play is going to be, you know, it, it's easy to to Monday morning quarterback. But anyways, well, it's, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback in all sports, right? Yeah, it's easy for us to say, but um. Um, Anyways. Let's talk about the Schultz a little bit. Okay, let her rip. Well, first of all, you know, I just – freestyle is my gig, man. Like I said before, I love – I love – or I love college too. And I love folk style too. But it's like when freestyle – it gets something different. It gives us every, uh, more to talk about. So when there's college and high school going on, and then you have things like the Schultz and, and the guys in – on the international tour, man, it's it's a really fun time of year to look at everything. Um, I tweeted yesterday that a lot of a lot of international guys, um, big names went down in, in France. They didn't really perform well at all. Uh, Ramos, and, and, Ramos, the lone champion there, right? I'm not I'm not, I'm not specifically talking about the U.S. guys. Oh. I'm talking about um, international uh, uh, Iranians, Azerbaijan. I mean, Shabjani's, um, they didn't, they didn't perform real well. Um, but who knows? Uh, Ramos, Ramos had a good tournament, you know, I mean, winning obviously is great. Um, but not to discredit, Iowa fans are probably going to eat me up for this, but he, he, he did beat France, um, Senegal. France and then somebody in Canada and Senegal. That was, that was his. That was his draw, and, and, and so you can only beat the guys that are in front of you, but um, he didn't beat any names. How about McDonough? I don't know if people realize this. This is awesome. McDonough, McDonough wrestles. McDonough weighs in, wrestles 57. I think he went 1-1 one one or 0-1. And, and then he says, you know what? I'm going to weigh in. I'm going to weigh in for tomorrow. He weighs in at 61 and wrestles again. Crazy. Badass. It, it reminds me. It's like the uh... – it's like the dad at the little league tournament that that enters their kid in two different weights, except it's yeah. it's like against except some of the best wrestlers in the world, and right? it's like, you know, that, I thought that was really cool. That was awesome. That was that's just like cool stuff. And even though he didn't win, um, it's just it's sweet when you see. I mean, he just loves wrestling. You know, he wants to compete. Yeah. Those guys love and, uh, to compete. I'll tell you what, man. Those, there's youngsters. The youngsters did really well for Iran. Um, I think the guy that I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I looked at results and um, I didn't. I didn't dig deep and investigate 
to be honest with you, who all did what. But I think I think the guy that beat Pico at the Junior Worlds, I think he won it. Yes, Danny Chiridi. I don't know. I get all the names messed up. I have to like uh, recheck myself. But so, what um, about the Schultz? What about the Schultz? What did you think of a? How much of that did you catch? What were your thoughts there? I caught I caught most of it. I thought, hey, did you watch? You didn't watch. Um, you had a busy weekend. Did you get to see J.L. Rutherford? No, no, sadly. I I had I had somebody come at me. <laughs> We were arguing about OPRF and seminary, and he was saying seminary, seminary, seminary. And then I, w I was arguing my points that basically I just outlined to you, and he got really frustrated, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, he go and he knows I'm from Easton, and he goes, okay, well, why don't we talk about how much of a dick J.O. was to Rutherford? Oh, no, I missed it. And I'm like. Oh, no, I love drama. I just let it go. I, 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 what I did he do? Catch me I up. I just totally avoided the, the, the conversation because um, I'm not going to get into it. He obviously came at me because he knows I'm from East and he knows I'm a J.O. guy. Um, so, so I'm beating you in a debate on high school on high school rankings, and you go, "Well, let's talk about how much of Dick J.O." Okay. What did, what did he do? There was, I mean, Rutherford. It's at the end of the match. J.O.'s winning sort of comfortably, like six one. With like thirty seconds, and and Rutherford's really wrestling hard, and, yeah. and he ain't gonna quit, and, and, right? And Jo's kind of like, come on, get off me, relax, like just stop, you know. And, and there was like some head pushing and clubbing going on, and and um, that kind of stuff, you know. Okay, so yeah, I'm watching. You might want to check that out, and then and then um, Jo Humphrey, I I thought it was gonna be nip and tuck, you know. Jo kind of took care of business there. Um, and and Jo, you know, me and, and and the Eastern people, a lot of times are like, man, why don't Jo just go out there and let it fly? Like, why doesn't he just like if you're in a takedown tournament, which is essentially what a freestyle match is, nobody's gonna out wrestle Jo in, in in a tournament with like you know best of five takedowns. So just go out there and let it fly, right? But a lot of times Jo plays this game. Strategic, not not a game. He he plays it close to the vest and strategic, and do what he has to do, right? And and slows things down and, and really like looks for his, picks his spots, and and he didn't do that against Humphrey. Like and he didn't do that against Rutherford either. He kind of um he he took shots when he didn't quote unquote have to. Yeah. I mean, against Rutherford, he got a push out one zero. Back to the middle, he took a shot within like ten seconds. Like so, he's not. He wasn't. He wasn't conservative the way he has been in the past. Yeah. Um, so that was encouraging. I th I just think people see with Oliver, um, and this may sound insane, but I, I think people see, and I I tend to agree, almost a Jordan Burroughs level of potential ability. I just think when you consider. Um, how many holds he has, how many attacks he has, just the, the athlete that he is, um, and the success he's had on the international scene. I think people have just expected more. They've expected him to take this weight from, from Metcalf and, and uh, all these guys, and, and he, hasn't, he hasn't done it. I said when he graduated he was the future of 66. And, a lot of people uh, and, uh, Yeah, a lot of people did. That wasn't uh, – and it's just he's just uh, – he's in the mix. And I don't think people ever thought he would just be an in-the-mix guy. And so people are wondering why that is. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't have the answer. Um, I, I mean, he's obviously right there. Um, how, maybe, off, how often maybe, am I in the, the talent assessment that, that he could be? He's the best talent. Yeah. He's the best talent. He just has to put in the work and, and, and uh, get the job done. Really, uh, I, as much as as much as I love Jordan Oliver, and as much as I would love to see him make a world and Olympic team and be the guy to represent our country, um, he has to take it from Metcalf, and he has to he has to make it from, take it from everybody. And Metcalf has been the guy. Uh, and you know, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of people that say, uh, but not not just about 66, about a lot of ways. They said it about Gavin too. To be honest with you. Um, a lot of people say, okay, Gavin wins our domestic tournaments to make the team. 
but Wrestler X is the guy that would perform better on the world stage. And some people have said Metcalf always wins our domestic tournament to make the team, but the better guy to represent our country and do wor- do better on worlds is J.O. Yeah. And um, if, well, you know what, that would, that would maybe may not be truth to that. Why there may or may not be truth to that. Uh, <laughs> if, if, They've, they've, people have gone so far to say, and, and Russia does it, other countries do this, that other countries feel the same way about their guys, yeah. and they just handpick a guy. If we, in the United States of America, yeah. <laughs> made made it uh, a dictatorship and, and, and didn't make it a meritocracy, uh, that would never fly. Well, you cannot just handpick your guys. Here's Metcalf, the... Metcalf and Gavin win the spots, they win the spots, they deserve to be on. All right, but... Um, he, that could maybe hold water. The the thinking that Jo's our best guy. Could he could he win an international tournament or two? I mean, uh, could he go overseas and win a tournament? I mean, maybe then people would see that. And and you know we've we've determined our world team. Um, basic. Remember, I recall the it was the sixty kilogram Olympic spot. You know they, they were going all over. Or I don't know if it's Olympic or a world team spot. They were going to all these tournaments to qualify, and then you had to win. I mean, it was a long process beyond just winning uh, the wrestle-off. So we, to a degree, do that. Um, that it's... Well, they, yeah, but they do. there's things in place, right? Like, uh, first of all, that was all messed up because the we didn't, we didn't qualify the 60 spots for, yeah. uh, to have a representative. I think Bunch actually qualified the spot for us. That was, that was all messed up. They couldn't have the... But they needed somebody to go overseas and, and qualify the spot, and then they had all these things in place. And this guy was hurt. Reese was it Reese? I don't. I think it was Reese because Coleman. Was Re- yeah, was Coleman Reese won was the out. trials. The, right, but Reese was hurt. Right. Coleman won the. This is what it was. Coleman won the trials. Coleman won the trials. Bunch wasn't in it because he was over. Um, um, qualifying the qualifying spot. Qualifying the spot. I think in Japan or somewhere. And, and Reese was hurt. So then they had to have all these special wrestle-offs. I thought it was goofy as heck. Uh, I, I, and I thought it was, I mean, to be honest, I thought it was absurd to have the Olympic trial spot held in Times Square at Beat the Streets. Uh, but whatever. It was kind of yeah, so, sweet, but, too. Yeah, it was sweet. But at the end of the day, though, Christian, all of that, all of that, you had to win the spot. They didn't hand pick. I mean, and there is there is things where they put in place like, well, if you're if you're the Olympic champion or world champion or this and that, you have a spot here and you have to beat them twice and two out of three or whatever the case is. I forget exactly what it is, but they do have things in place to try to protect the best guy or who they deem the best guy. But it's still uh, meritorious. It's still based on on winning. It's not. It's not where Russia has a guy win their Russian team trials, and then the coach says, "Yeah, you won the trials, but uh, you know we're gonna take this guy." Yeah. How, 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 and then the one year Sargush loses two years ago, and then they don't send him, and that guy goes one and out. That was silly. So you, you can kind of understand why they go that way. I mean, it, it wouldn't, it probably wouldn't fly here, but at the same time, um, if Russia sends Sargush, not last year but the year before the worlds uh, it's probably a very different tournament and um they don't go one and out there but um you, you see both sides and and uh i i don't know yeah i, I don't know what to, what to make of how, how you, we determine the the world team but i well, there was I, a big story the other year um i think it was a ukrainian guy and i know lee roper is listening right now lee might be able to tell me who it was but he um he was a returning world. I mean, he was a former world medalist, and he made all these teams. and And, and the Ukrainian, um, the Ukrainian coaches would not put him on the team. He was the best guy. Um, and the Ukrainian, you know, there there was inside politics and stuff, and it really, really divided the um, Ukrainian camp, the Ukrainian team. Wow. And so I, I don't think it's I don't think it's good for I don't think it's a good precedent to set, uh, especially in the United States where it's always a de- you know we're so used to a democratic fair process. Yeah, 
I, I like our process for for the most part. It was wonky for the uh, for the Olympic spot, but uh, they did what they had to do to make sure we had a guy that could go to the Olympics, and that's kind of a you got to take care of that that aspect first. Wanted to we good on the Schultz freestyle stuff? Uh, yeah, we? I think we're good on the Schultz. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, I uh, mean, I had a blast yesterday. My brother came with me. He uh, ran the camera for the UVA Virginia Tech duel, and I'm telling you, I. I a lot of people watched, which I was pleased. It was a, it was, it was a blast. It was a crazy yeah. environment, and uh, the 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 sound in there was was like nothing I'd ever heard. When when the crowd got going, and I don't know how much came across in the broadcast, but it was it was um it was really cool, and it was a, it was a very fun duel, and I'm so excited. We got two more of these, uh, one Friday night, and uh, and then another. Uh, Sunday afternoon, and what's what are going to be two very exciting duels? And as someone that watched, what was the viewer experience like from your computer, Willie? Uh, I loved it. I loved the atmosphere. You could tell that um, you could definitely hear the crowd. You could definitely um, tell that the people were into it. Um, I thought it was a, a really unique thing. But the thing about being unique is, um, I mean, all the credit in the world to. Virginia Tech and the SID and, and, and AB for making it happen and Kevin Dresser. Um, however, darn it, why why is this why is this unique and yep. not stand, standard, right? Like, why don't more schools do this? Uh, and, and and we're fi- I guess we find out as we go, like, um, you know, why why are some tournaments held and they're rolling up mats next to the finals uh, and why um are some held at an airplane hangar that's open and empty and cold and sterile and has no uh fan experience or or fan participation and and uh, you know as as great as the wrestling is at um who's number one a huge component of that is the presentation the venue, the the um, the banners that are hanging, and and the and the crowd being on top of you, and and um, uh, you know a lot of a lot of the success of uh, and the coolness of wrestling is the presentation. Yeah, yep. And and I was I was saying this. I was talking with my brother on the way back. I was like, why can't why didn't this happen everywhere? I know what. Not every school and Virginia Tech has a lot of stuff going for it. It's a huge school has this brand new Broadway theater and, and that's not realistic for everyone but man can we see this more more and more can't don't doesn't every school probably have some sort of a unique venue some place that can be presented in such a way that you get this this kind of experience because I think that was an experience it wasn't just a wrestling match and nothing amazing honestly happened in that match it was a good duel it went almost completely chalk well and- that's that's what I'm saying right? The wrestling, the rest, wrestling is just one part of wrestling of, of, of an event. Football, Super Bowl is only one, the the game, the play is only one part of it, right? Yeah. I mean, but it's built into this huge um, advertising thing, pregame, um, halftime, uh, halftime, uniforms. Uh, you know, college, especially in college now, a little bit in the pros is. Is what uniforms are they going to wear? And, and um, so there's a lot of peripheral things yeah. uh, that go into any sporting event. Yeah. Well, it was good. Um, I enjoyed it. I hope it's something we see more. You see some schools, they're toying with the outside things, some of these nice weather uh, campuses. I think that's cool. Um, so, yeah, a lot, of, so ho- a lot of West Coast schools have done it. So hopefully this is something we see continue. Hopefully uh, other schools, and, and I know Tech wants to make this a, a semi-regular thing. They want to do this every year. And uh, I think after they have this first round and see how all three duels go, then they can determine if that's realistic or not because there's a lot of moving parts there. But, um, Willie, we are coming up on our hour. We went over last time, and I uh, it, it messed with your head. You didn't like it, and I thought about more. And um, I think you were right that – it's, I, it's I, best to keep this at an hour. Maybe it's o- OCD. Uh, like w- when things aren't regular, I, uh, I I flip out a little bit in my brain. Okay. Well, I didn't I didn't want to put you in that place, and I'm glad. Uh, I, <laughs> well, I, I mean, there are some other things we could hit on, but um, 
you know, Not today, maybe we maybe we get to that on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll be doing this again Thursday. We'll give you a little weekend preview. We'll have some other things, a little broader topics that we're gonna hit on. And uh, yep, Thursday, 9 a.m. Central to 10. And of course, all these are available for download on iTunes. Subscribe, five stars. Um, you know, say something nice. Uh, Christian, did my response? Uh, I'm allowed to be on the show again, maybe next time. You gonna let me do I that? I said, I said what I meant. And I meant what I said. That everything is forgotten and forgiven, and uh, just never ever cross me again. 